Today, Mike Burke presents us with four words, alignment, purpose, outcome, and worship, showing us how they relate to each other. This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. So, good morning, um, and good morning to those online. My, my son asked me uh, this week if I was going to church today or if I was going to go if I was going to stay home and do e-Jesus, I love the use, sense of technology. <laughs> but I do thank all of you that are online watching with us, um, getting some e-Jesus in, so this works. Um, for the last several weeks, we've been discussing our church's core values. And over this time, it's it's been remarkable to me that one theme keeps resonating and coming forth. Um, It's a theme that Jesus explained in great depth. It's the theme of abiding. It's it's this this internal relationship that we have because the Holy Spirit is now not just among us, but among us and within us. Through this miraculous work, we get to draw ourselves deeper into a relationship with Jesus that glorifies the Father. And as, as Jesus is glorified and the Father is glorified, we actually get to be glorified as well. And it's within this abiding relationship that we actually get to experience and see the miraculous come to life. So how do we actually get to see the miraculous come to life? How do we take this notion, this, this truth, abiding relationship is true, but how do we take this truth and translate it into reality in our daily lives? How do we discern the will, thy will over our own will? In short, how does this relationship show up in the form of reality. That's kind of the focus of our discussion today, turning the theological truth into everyday practice. So with that said, let's open up in prayer. Lord, we just step before you humble. We step before you in awe and just thank you for who you are. Thank you that you've always been You are and you always will be. And so we just ask that you bless this time now and bless this congregation when I inform them that they're actually going to be part of the sermon today. So I just thank you, Lord, for this time. Bless us as we come together as a group and we edify each other in our discussion as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, see, um, you're actually going to be the sermon today. Um, I've I've been a little disjointed all week. Um, I convinced myself that uh, I was speaking next week. And on Wednesday, I was checking my calendar and realized that next week was this week. So it's like, oh, okay. No no panic. No, 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 no issue. Because I had already spent so much time meditating through and praying through what could possibly be another message. And 
It's kind of already put together for me. So, power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. So, what I'm going to ask you to do today is I'm going to ask you to participate. And if you don't, Alan's going to make you um, because he's better at that than I am. But I'm going to present with you a word. I'm going to give you a word. I'm going to give you a couple verses to kind of give us some structure and foundation to that word. And then I am going to open it up to a little bit of a discussion to see what you think. See how you put this stuff together. And then we'll move on to another word and so on and so forth. But be careful because I'm not going to ask you what you think. I'm actually going to ask you two questions. It's not going to be hard. And I guarantee you the questions will be the same until we get to the end and it's not anymore. But I will ask you the same two questions because we really want to see how much we can edify each other through our understanding of the word as it applies to our daily life. Y'all ready? So I need, I got one, I got one, I need one more person that can be a microphone runner for me. If, if somebody's willing to, it looks like Dean, Dean's going to, I, I need, so Monty's going to be on one side and here we go. What's your name? Jordan. Jordan. Jordan's going to be on this side of the room. And as you raise your hand, they will put a foam stick in your mouth and we will hear what you have to say. Okay, so the first word we're going to look at today is alignment. That is your word, alignment. We're going to use two verses. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, a couple months ago, I spoke on the Lord's Prayer as, as the model or mindset that we have to possess when we pray. At that time, we looked at the verse from an end-time perspective and how it offer the end-time perspective that it offers, and we use that perspective as a motivation to pray with a sense of urgency. I am not changing my position. I think that that is a valid way to see the Lord's Prayer. However, today we're going to add to it. And I want us to look at this verse, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven from the vantage point of alignment. Added to that, we're going to put in Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now this one gets a little tricky because this verse is one of the verses in the New Testament that on occasion gets mishandled. See, if you look at this verse as a transactional scenario, I do A, God's required to do B, and we get along, you get you end up on some shaky ground. So again, let's take the verse before it, and let's take this one and try to see and discuss what do these verses mean from the perspective of alignment. Who's ready to go? 
Somebody's got a microphone in their mouth, so I mean, come on. Take one for the team. How do these verses connect from the grounds of alignment? I'm doing a little more connecting here. It reminded me a bit of last week as well. Okay. We all have freedom to choose to be aligned. Mm. We're for, it was for freedom we were set free. And so we have a choice to agree with God. And if we agree with God and follow through, we come into alignment, right? Very nice. So, uh, yeah, his kingdom come on earth. We agree with him and we move forward and see what he brings about. It's an adventure. I like that. Thank you. Oh, Calvin in the back. Jordan's on his way. Um, to me, that follows the Ephesians 1.3. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So everything that Jesus has already given us, we have to apply it and use it and um, become spiritual in it. Beautiful. Okay, here's the second question. I told you I was going to give you two questions. I gave you the first one. Oh, we got one? I'm sorry. If, if, if we have one more to say, please. I, hello. Uh, I was just turning to Ephesians when you asked the question, and Calvin, of course, he's like a biblical encyclopedia. He does it right off the top of his head. But, uh, <clears throat> and I think, I, I think it's even the next verse in that, that he just named. In 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted in sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Mm. So alignment does not start with us. It starts with him. Very good. He, he, he chose us. And then to, to the previous point, we have the option to respond. Mm. Very nice. So here's the second question before we go on to our next word. Based on our discussion and our look at these couple verses and the fine input that we've gotten, how does proper alignment influence your prayer time? When it's time for us to go into prayer, how does alignment kind of shape the way we pray? Or does it? Or should it? Dean. See, I, I couldn't have ran like that. <laughs> We'd be calling 911 right now. <laughs> what was the question again? No. <laughs> How does alignment influence the structure of our prayer time? I think... Like it boils down to you might, in your prayer time, you might need to figure out what you're believing, what you have faith for, what you trust God for. And then you can like bring that before him. Um, to come into alignment, you might have to confess what you don't believe about it. You know, you might help me, you ever, that's one scripture, help me with my unbelief. I believe, mm -hmm. help me with my unbelief. Um, but then you're mm -hmm. going to have to walk in um, faith and trust in order to move forward. Excellent. Then you're in alignment, I guess. 
Okay. Oh, we got one more? We got one more? Okay. Boy, somebody's got to... We might spend more time asking God what he wants to do rather than telling him what we want to do. Yep, one more. Okay. So... On a more personal note, um, I was sitting before God one day and, you know, kind of complaining about somebody else. And Father (laughs) God said to me, Holy Spirit said to me, you cannot fight selfish ambition with selfish ambition. Mm. You Mm. have to fight it in love and with the sword of the word, which is always giving. Thank you. So here we go. I guess we're gonna. This is over. We got time. We got time. What she just said followed up with what came to mind. Listen. She heard God say. Mm. So listen when you're in prayer. Oh, you guys are you guys are making preaching easy. Okay, Jordan's got it. Dick. Hi, buddy. Uh, Just basically back to the beginning, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Basically, you have to know the will of God in a situation. What is the will of God? The word of God. Mm -hmm. So basically, to align yourself with the word, you have to know it. Amen? Amen. Dick comes to our our men's group in the mornings on Saturdays. I've learned not to mess with him because he's he's pretty smart. I love it. Thank you. I love you, man. You're, You're all right. All right, let's go to our next word. The next word is purpose. Some of you may choose to use purpose or identity kind of kind of in that realm, but I'm going to use the word purpose. We're going to throw out a couple more verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12.11 says, and, and Paul, just to preface, Paul in Corinthians 12 is talking about the spiritual gifts. He's kind of bouncing through the gifts, but he's, he's literally talking about the spiritual gifting as a whole, when he gets down to verse 11, when he throws out this one that says, but one and the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. See, spiritual gifting is real. Gifts are owned and operated by the Holy Spirit. He decides not only what giftings are to be used, but in what situations that they are needed in. I understand what it means when we talk about, I need to find out what my gifting is, my gifting is, my gifting. When I know what you mean, and I agree with what you mean, but the real statement, according to this verse is I need to know what gifting the Holy Spirit wants me be using right now because it's his gifting, not mine. Thought. Why is this important? Because we're going to go to our second verse, 1 Peter 4.10, probably one of my all-time 
favorite because it brings everything back to the simple. Especially when I get off into my tangents, I like to bring things back to the simple. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. See, when we step into the gifting, we become stewards. And we get to steward not just God's love, but the entirety of, his, of the manifoldness of his grace. And I don't even know how to explain that. I'm hoping you guys can jump in at this point. So, question number one. How do we view individual purpose as it connects to alignment? I'm going to jump down to verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of the parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. As it relates to alignment, are we aligned not only with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and ourselves, but are we aligned together in the body and with each other? And then then in that, I think that your walk with the Lord, if you're seeking that, you know, Seek and you will find. If you ask, he'll give you wisdom. Um, in your walk with the Lord, if you ask him, he's going to reveal it to you. And however he seems that he's going to do that, uh, what your gifting is. Um, it may be a natural ability that you already have, and it may be something that he's going to bestow on you through the Holy Spirit, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. You know, we talked about a personal relationship, and you mentioned how that's the foundation for what we're discussing now. And I am learning that my personal relationship with the Holy Spirit is very important to know how to minister the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because with, with that kind of relationship, I can hear when he says yes, and I can hear when he says wait. Mm-hmm. Second question, same as the first word. How does the concept now, uh, the connection between purpose and alignment, affect our prayer time? Or does it? Or should it? Or can we just say it improves it? Nobody? Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, no, my buddy, Tim's, Tim's thinking. I love it when Tim thinks. So I was thinking that starting with his will, his will plays out in, in the world as rightness or maybe righteousness is a more familiar part. And that seeking rightness seeks alignment. And mm. that our prayer time, rather than pushing out, if it can be a prayer to seek insight into what his rightness looks like, then 
we are seeking to gain alignment. So then <clears throat> purpose is a word that plays out in kind of layers. So there's a, a purpose for the world, a purpose for the nation, a purpose for your family, a purpose for you, and a purpose in the moment. And so to the extent that we have clarity, then our prayers can be, what's the next thing out that I don't have clarity about? Mm. How do I, if I'm clear on what my personal purpose is, what's my purpose with respect to my wife, my family, my neighbor? And if I'm clear on that, what's my purpose in a broader sense? So to me, these are seeking not only the insight to rightness, but seeking insight into the complexity, the interrelationship of, you know, of one person's acting rightly with another one, and how do they work together synergistically. And then, um, I guess my, my personal walk is trying to find consistency, trying to find the integrity, the Consistent walking rightly. Very good. The end. Excellent. <laughs> How many of you are old enough to remember the game show, Let's Make a Deal? Yep. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, good. Good deal. All right. So um, I- I'm just going to throw this out for you to ponder as you go through the week. I'm not going to st- stuff the microphone in front of you on this one. But uh, for those of you that aren't aware, Let's Make a Deal is a game show, and you always knew what you had, and you had to decide if you wanted to give it away for an unknown. So you could have what's in your hand, or you could have what's behind curtain number two, but you don't know what's behind curtain number two until you make a choice. I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to give you both choices. So you actually know what you have, or you know what you could have, and you can compare it to what you could have. And I'm curious what what your thoughts are. If you had the choice, here's your two options. No games. If you had the choice to have God completely and totally reveal to you your plan for your life, or the plan for your life, God is going to completely reveal to you the plan for your life. Would you want that? Or do you want what's behind door number two? Well, what's behind door number two, you ask? Would you rather have your plan spelled out? Or would you rather have God reveal how you fit in to his plan? Mm. What's that? Um, they can when you're in alignment with purpose. They can be the same. I'm glad. I was waiting for somebody to ask that. Thank you, Bruce. Because that is a valid question. Why are they not one and the same? Because they can be, but we've also spent a lot of time watching some folks um, show how they can be completely and totally separate when it's all about me. So, good point. Dean? Um, One of the things when we were talking about one of our words being purpose up there, isn't just the, the noun, like what's my purpose? It's the verb, the intention. Mm. Um, 
Like we were taught at work not to run into situations, but to walk with a purpose, right? And so in our prayer time, if we know our identity, we know who God says we are, if we know what he wants us to, if we ask him what he wants us to know, and then we ask him what does he want us to do, we now can move with purpose in alignment in those things, and we're not running in circles. Run, what was that we used to say? When, when, when in danger, when yeah. in doubt, yeah. run in circles, scream and shout. Yes, right? <laughs> okay, so now we move with purpose, not just have a purpose. That's love it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Calvin. Everything requires a step of faith, so God's never going to reveal to us in advance. He says, trust, and then I'll reveal. So uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God, so he's not going to give us the whole picture. Because that wouldn't require faith then. Yeah. I think it will be more complete. It will just be more complacent. Okay. As I'm listening to you guys, I, I uh, think of my own personal walk. And years ago, a, at a seminar, a pastor told me, you know, because I asked him what I could do to be better. And he just said two words, seek him. Mm. And when I seek him uh, honestly and thoroughly, then I'm walking with him. And when I'm walking with him, my prayer life becomes easy. It becomes easy to hear what my gifts are. It's easy to hear what the Lord's trying to tell me to do and to be used. And I think when I think of all what you're saying in alignment and purpose, I think those match up. I Thank you. That's perfect. I love it. Because now I'm going to get really mean. I'm going to get real tricky now because I'm going to throw out to you the next word. Outcome. The word is Outcome. John 14, 13 says, Ask whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The next verse is Matthew eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So we just went in from alignment into purpose. I, I validate and verify everything we just said. And now we're to the point of discussion of what do these verses mean from the, from the aspect of outcome. And does outcome in any way connect purpose which is connected to alignment? I see who the brave souls are. Oh, we got some brave ones coming up. Here we go. We're going to go over here, and then we got one in the back. Okay. Hmm. I like to try to keep it pretty simple. So uh, I'm those of you that might know me, I've got a little bit of a mechanical car background. And I think about the alignment and how important it is that those tires and wheels align. Because if they don't, that car will go in circles and wear the tires down. But if everything's aligned properly, that car will go a long way and you'll get a lot, of, a lot of good use out of it. And the manifold, to me, is like an intake manifold. And there's an exhaust manifold on that engine and the intake manifold is connected and we all get our 
air and strength and energy from God. And then when we use what he's given us, then it works through the exhaust manifold. Um, And I think of this as the giftings that God Mm -hmm. gives it to us. So if we're aligned properly and we're working properly, the gifts that he gives us should always be used to the glory of God to help build the body of Christ. It's just that. And maybe that gift would be to see somebody healed or set free from something, but in the end of the the whole situation, it's got to bring glory to God. It's got to bring glory to God. Amen to that. Um, I'll tell you, did you have one in the back here? In this verse in Mark eleven twenty four, where it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, if, if we're walking in alignment with God, we know that we've already um, surrendered our own personal wants. Mm. And so that's part of the alignment. And the next part happens that we can actually believe because he gives us that assurance that this is what he wants when we ask and that we will have it. And that's, you cannot just will yourself to believe. That assurance comes when we've surrendered what we want. So when we ask things, we can believe that we have them because he, he gives us that assurance in our spirit. Thank you for that. Alan. So um, I'm a 30,000 foot thinker, um, and I was oversimplified by taking in the big picture. But when you ask about outcome, I think, I think this is the end result. And in Ephesians uh, 3.10, he says, his intent was that now through the church, which is you, all of us, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Our day-by-day, moment-by-moment abiding is designed that we carry each other through the gifts. We all have something to bring. And when we collectively bring together our gifts and our, and our strength in him, uh, we literally are revealing God to the powers and principalities of the world. And by our actions, we are literally um, giving him glory in a way that we can't even fathom. And he's using us, which is such an amazing thought. Mm-hmm. So while Debbie may be doing one thing and Beth the another thing and Vern and Melly another thing, but when we collectively are abiding in the way that you're speaking about, listening, listening to his heart and then, and then praying his heart back to him, that's when the, the, the church reveals just who he, and, who he is and what Jesus has done, and that establishes the kingdom. Mm-hmm. First, can you repeat the question? <laughs> well, how, how, how does outcome connect with purpose and alignment? 
I heard. Or how does purpose and alignment okay. get us to an outcome? Um, years ago, when I was running late for church, which happens often, um, I was listening to a radio preacher, and just as I pulled into the parking lot, at the time the big thing was, oh, what's your spiritual gift, whatever. And he said, you know, if you live your whole life and you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, if you've been walking with Jesus and seeking God, you've got spiritual gifts and you're using them, and that's what's important. Mm-hmm. So the outcome would be what God wants to do with you, you know, just walking with our daddy God. <laughs> Bruce? Well, many of you know me as a complete and total word nerd. <laughs> and, I mean, it's true, and it's bad. I, I, I'm, I'm it's, similar. Go ahead. It's really bad. Like, for example, when I hear people pray, um, God, would you strengthen us? Would you give us purpose? Would you be with us? Would you lead us? Would you accomplish something through us? I wonder how much we actually believe that when we won't say, God is strengthening us. God is with us. God will lead us into his purpose, and we will be the manifest presence of God's righteousness on the earth. Does this, if we are always woulda, coulda, shoulda, do we really believe God, or are we just simply reluctant to give ourselves to whatever he says in answer to our prayers? Excellent. Excellent. Because that, that you just... Oh, Holy Spirit's awesome because you just walked us into the last word, but we're not going to hold. We're going to hold up on this one because I do want to ask you a real quick question because everybody knows that. But well, before we do that, we're going to go over to Bill here. Sorry, I missed you because I want to ask. But go ahead. Just I don't know. Simply stated, and maybe this is more of a question, looking for maybe some affirmation, is that if the outcome brings glory to God then we must be in alignment and executing the purpose that he has for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfectly summated. So here's the question. Do we believe that we serve a miracle-working God? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. What do we do when we are blessed with the realization that our prayers have been answered. We actually have tangible proof in our hands that God answered our prayer. What do we do? Okay, Praise God, right? What? We, well, we praise God, right? Okay. What happens when the mountain doesn't move? What happens when... The outcome doesn't quite line up with what we were praying for. And it appears that God hasn't answered our prayer. What do we do? What? Yes. We worship because of the outcome. And we continue to worship because of, the, because of who he is. I mean, the okay, so the last word. I'm going to give you is worship. The verses are simple. I mean, you could pick 
one of a thousand verses in the Bible on worship. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Deuteronomy 6.5. Psalms 1.13.2. Psalm Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So the question's real simple. How does our worship stay disconnected to outcome when it's still connected to alignment and purpose? How do we worship when we don't have a reason to worship? I'm going to get to you. I'm going to get to you. You just started some. Well, <laughs> go ahead. To Deuteronomy, it's just what in your life is taking your focus away from God? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you always have a reason to worship no matter what because you worship a God who gave himself on the cross to free us from our sins and who loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just going to go ditto. She's going to use the ditto argument. We have, we have air to breathe. We have food. He takes care of us even when we think we don't have food. That's his promise. Mm-hmm. He brings us people. He gives us home. Like he, I, don't, we, I guess we can look at um, some people that don't have anything. And they have air to breathe, right? I don't, now I'm just going other places. Mm-hmm. But there's always a reason to worship. Okay. I think that's... I'm going to go back over here while you a, talk. A, okay, um, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Job, uh, Job chapter 1. There was three things I can remember, three things that happened to Job. One was that he um, lost his family, lost his kids, Lost his wife in the sense, I mean, his marriage in the sense, his wife said, Costco and die. And everything he had was gone. Job didn't worship God for what he, the things he had. He worshiped God because he loved God. Mm-hmm. When that is the basis of why we worship God, it changes the perspective and it also causes the enemy to go crazy. Because when we just worship God for who he is, then everything happened that need to come. Mm-hmm. Do we have one over here? And then, no, yep, go ahead. I, it's pretty much the same as he just spoke. But um, for about three and a half years, our family um, was living and dying with our daughter who had leukemia. And uh, she, she died, and I was the only one up in Seattle with her at the time and had to actually tell the doctors to quit trying mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But um, uh, it, was, it was like I was praising God through all of this walk and everything and trying to champion for her and he'd give me the psalm about raising her up from the sick bed and um uh still on that day when she 
was gone, I was able to say that he raised her up from his mm. her sick bed. And there were so many things that uh, I, ha- I had to immediately confess that you are God, you know, you are Lord, and, you know, there's this plan that you have and stuff. So anyway, yeah, he does perform what he said. No, I was, I was just thinking in when uh, Munty was sharing about Job, I was just thinking about Job sitting, you know, just there on his knees before God saying, you know, the Lord is given and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be that, the name of the Lord. You know, I mean, what a truer form of worship than that. To, to, ha- to gain everything the Lord has blessed you with and to lose it all. And still that you can say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to end and Lord, on, up. Do we have one more now? And the Lord restore everything that you lost. When we worship and we take the focus on everything, um, the blessing of God just pulled upon us. I think that's too many ways when we worship, when we go after God. If we first seek the kingdom of God, what happens in the righteousness of God, all these things will be added unto us. When we go after with attention of worship, God just bless us. And it comes in different ways. So is it fair for me... To take your sermon, by the way, thank you for prepping in advance. It was awesome. Um, That alignment and purpose directed through our prayer life has the ability to affect outcome. Yes? But our worship doesn't require a specific outcome. I was, I was running this by Dean earlier in the week on the phone, just the other night, and you made a beautiful comment I'd love for you to, re, to share again. You said something about worship is our, something about stance and circumstance. You remember? <laughs> you remember? I have something to the effect of, Worship is our stance. Oh, yeah, I think something like that. Worship is a stance in, that we take in our circumstance. Is that right? Is that close? Say that. Yeah, you just got to say it louder. Oh, worship is the stance we take in, within our circumstance. Something like that. And outcome and circumstance does not change our worship. I want to I wanna leave you, scripture-wise, with one of the uh, a very powerful hymn in Scripture. Um, Chuck, you're, you're a resident theologian, so I'm not sure. Is it Habakkuk or Habakkuk? Or, or does it matter? Okay. Um, Habakkuk is a three-chapter um, book from a minor prophet who literally is living through a lot of turmoil in his world, something we wouldn't know about. I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff happening from all sorts of different directions. Things are going on that we can't understand. Outcomes are happening despite prayer and worship. I mean, again, nothing we'd understand, right? Um, and he gets into a really interesting back and forth discussion with the Lord that the Lord actually entertains. And so Habakkuk asks, asks him in this book, what are you doing? Where are you at? What's going on? 
And God's response was, wow, you haven't seen anything yet. I haven't even got warmed up. What I got coming is it's far more earth-shattering than you can even put your, your, you can wrap your mind around. And so as they continued this discussion, Habakkuk understands and proclaims how important it is to take his watch, to, to, to be in that alignment, to stand on that ground where he's going to pay attention. And not only is he going to pay attention, he's going to listen to what God has to say, and he's going to listen so intently that he's going to be very mindful about how he responds. And through all of this discussion, does anybody know besides Chuck, because I know Chuck knows everything, um, how does he end this book? How does he end this debate? He ends it in song. He actually ends it with a very powerful hymn that I just want to I want to throw it out to, to more than just verify everything that everybody's been saying about the importance and the significance of our worship. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills. All of the sudden... Outcome isn't dictating worship. He's still going to worship. So my challenge as I invite Mark back up is that when we enter into our daily prayer life, I'm not saying you're not doing it, but if you're not, institute some worship into it. If you are, add a little bit more. Because see, worship doesn't have to be song. Thank goodness, because my C-sharp be flat. Um, um, it can be just words of affirmation. It could just be praise of who he is. All of that is worship. And if we start our prayer in worship, and like now, we end our session with him in worship not only do I think we fall into a stronger sense of alignment and his purpose becomes a little bit more clear his intentions become the goal we do have an opportunity to play a part in someone's outcome even if we don't get to see the outcome ourselves but we still can worship. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's A-W-A-K-E-N-M-A-C dot C-O-M.